Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. This is episode number 117, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, the one and only Jen. How you doing, Jen? I am really good, really good, on a very upbeat note right now. Which, which may actually be a good way to uh, sort of segue into what we're about to talk about. Uh, I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm. What's a good way to say this in a very positive way? I'm, I'm optimistic about where The Walking Dead is going, but according to the ratings, this, the what we know about the ratings so far, this actually was the worst ratings The Walking Dead has ever gotten it's still respectable i mean in terms of what we get for episodic television uh, with the walking dead still has an amazing amount of viewership but uh the overall trend line is not looking good for the walking dead yeah um yeah there's nothing else to say but uh yeah it's i mean it's been on for 10 years so what can people expect right well, I mean, we know The Walking Dead has already been renewed for uh, a season 11. We know that there are already movies out there. It could be that people are just feeling a little bit of exhaustion um, right. related to it. And also, I have to say that I honestly think that the uh, announcement by Robert Kir- um, Robert Kirkman, uh, by Kirkman, that he is ending uh, the, the, the comic series really does have an effect on how people view what might or might not be happening you know i mean when people stop being invested it it doesn't matter how good your show is sometimes people just stop being invested and they say yeah okay i'm not interested anymore yeah what do you think about that him stopping it i i think actually it's a really good choice because honestly although i'm sure that there's plenty of content still to explore i feel like he's ready to move on to something new and the comics have gotten a little not stale but i I, i'm starting to feel like things are repeating themselves a little bit too much even though the situations change it feels very uh re like the 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 storylines feel reused a bit and so I, I kind of think it's a good time. I think it's better to end on a high note than it is to end with everybody hating your guts and saying, please don't ever write again or something like that. Oh, you mean so don't end like I, I end everything? <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, there's been some Marvel Universe uh, comics that have sort of, uh, man, they've just beat things down to death. And then they have to do something sort of, really amazing in order to get people to to come back to it and it's never quite the same so i i would rather have things be unspoiled by that and have it go out on a high note oh yeah so let's let's talk about this episode um you know what i don't want to be negative so let me start off with the positives okay like beta is pretty cool. Would you agree? Um. I, well, I don't know if I would agree, but go ahead and finish your point, and then I'll jump in. You don't like beta? It's not that I don't like beta. It's that I I sort of don't like the way that they present beta. Um, and I'll tell you why after you're done. 
Oh, wow. Wait a minute. No, you know what? Can you go into that? That's interesting. So, okay. So one of the things that I have never liked about uh, Alpha and Beta in terms of how they're presented in the, in the Walking Dead as a series, and not to get too much, you know, I don't want to get too geeky about the comics and uh, everything, but there's a relationship dynamic that exists between them, which, you know, they do, I think, try to do in the TV show for sure. But it comes across as Beta being uh, almost kind of an an alpha male who doesn't quite work. Um, and it diminishes, I think, the impact of who Beta really is. I mean, there was there was a nice little piece where he says, you know, where he's clearly hiding somebody in the closet and um, and Lydia lets him out and uh, Alpha ends up having to kill him, right? And that is never really given any amount of story information. I really wish it had because it's somebody, that person to beta, I mean, yeah, to beta is, is their most cherished person. It was their best, best, best friend. And I know we can't do too much like, you know, go from a flashback into a further flashback and yeah, it starts getting convoluted, but the way that they treat Beta is kind of like Alpha's sidekick. And I wish they didn't do that because Beta has like a full on fleshed out story all by himself. Does that make sense? No, I, I agree. Um, you know, um, I mean, I agree uh, to a certain degree about what you're saying. I, I just like him visually and they have the right actor playing. I mean, like, Oh yeah, they couldn't I'm have gotten anybody better than Ryan Hurst. I'm wondering though, like, was he was because if he looks like the comic book character, yes, he does. And so my question is, was he thought? Of, I wonder if because he's so spot on, like, was that something? You know, I'd like to know, find out if was he like, you know, their uh, the person that they um, modeled him after because he's so spot on. I mean, that that actually. He, when you see him in the comic book mm -hmm. and you see him on, on the show, it's like when they announced him, it was like, duh. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was like, of course Ryan Hurst is going to play him because that's Ryan Hurst. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like either they was going to give him that job or Ryan Hurst should sue for them using his <laughs> in the comic book. Much like, uh, you know, uh, they did, you know, I don't know if you know about. Um, Samuel Jackson and um, playing, um, oh my God, Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Fury modeled him after. Um, in the comic book, they not they modeled him after Samuel Jackson, and Samuel L. Jackson was looking to sue, and they were like, "Hey, we're we're gonna cast you in the movie," <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he said, "All right, I'll let it off the hook," you know. I'll let <laughs> you know, so I wonder if that's the kind of that's the case. But anyway, um. No, I mean I like his character. Uh they're probably they're probably planning on later giving more insight into who that was or not. Um I love the the shots of him at a distance when they first came in. It was so creepy. Mm. You know, like because I'm thinking they're gonna show his face, right? And I love the fact that they kept him, you know. He just had a different kind of mask on, you know. Right. Uh, so, and then you know what I'm talking about? Those long shots of him down the hall. Yep. 
those were creepy. Like that was really good. Yeah, because because the idea is <clears throat> you never really know who Beta is, right? And that I think it they did visually translate that very well. You're never actually supposed to know exactly who Beta is. Beta is an is kind of an enigma, and and that does sort of work. Even if you think you know Beta, you never really know what's underneath the mask. Right. Yeah. Love it. So, um, this is going to be a short episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just want to pe- let people know that. Um, so give me three points that we must talk about in this episode. Just okay. I mean, off the top of your head. Okay, so three points would be one, the uh, dis- the descent, the argument between beta and alpha, because that seems to play into a lot. Um, the second, I think, is alpha's understanding of what it means to control the group because that also has a huge implication i think for things that are going forward and the last i think is um alpha as as a leader versus alpha as a mother Mm. because this episode we really okay so we delved into the backstory of who alpha was right and we see a young lydia and we see them on the run we see how alpha sort of came up with the idea of wearing the skins uh of the walkers in order both to blend in why it was still difficult because lydia was still very disturbed by what was happening um they meet beta when they meet beta something shifts and my guess is that what shifts is alpha realizes how totally lonely she really has been and that she needs someone to be her partner in crime. Now, that having said that, though, it goes much deeper than that because Alpha clearly has already developed a sense of this uh, this almost religious ide- ideology of what it means to be dead right now, and that it, when Lydia says we're all monsters now, and she keeps repeating it. She is trying to convince herself of what her mother basically is saying. We're all monsters now, meaning if you're going to survive in this world, you have to join the monsters. And to me, that also means that you really have to be the monster too. Now, Alpha has sort of a, a break in what she's able to do because she knows what's best for the group and what she feels like she needs to do because she still is a mother and still feels a sense of loyalty to Lydia. I don't know if it's love. I suspect it's love and she just can't, um, she can't say it because I think that makes her feel like she's weak, but that causes a huge descent, uh, a huge descent, a huge uh, problem between beta and alpha because Alpha seems to behave erratically to Beta whenever they are dealing with things that are of the quote-unquote heart, right? Do you see that? No, I see it. I definitely see it. Um, I love that, you know, that they're showing this, you know, because, excuse me, I love that they're showing this because it goes gives a little more insight into their relationship, you know? Right. And it's really easy for us um, as, you know, when we watch The Walking Dead to create the other out of just about any other group that's not our group. 
Um, it is much harder to create a group that is sympathetic in, in, in a certain way that maybe we can sympathize and understand with. It makes the, it makes the fighting, it makes the, um, the conflict between the groups much more complicated. And that's what really makes good drama. It isn't really good drama to just set people up to be enemies, you know, to, I hate using this term, but let's not play cowboys and Indians, right? It's not, it's too black and white for us just to set up enemy lines and say, okay, well, you cross the line. Now we're going to fight. Now this, now that. We have to actually have some purpose-driven story on both sides of the conflict in order for us to feel like we're drawn into it. And I do feel like they went a long way in this episode to sort of go there. I also, just to sort of as a 3A piece, would like to remind everybody that when Alpha gives... Um, the sister, the designation of Gamma, it certainly seems to me like Beta feels like that is a betrayal. Um, because up until that point, they are the only ones that actually have names. Right. Um, it is kind of funny, though, to see him jealous. You know? Yeah. And then what did he say that line is, I feel nothing towards you or something like that? Mm. Yeah, well, and uh, th that's the thing, right? I feel nothing uh as alpha wanted me to as as a you know whatever as the the expectation is uh, that is important but it also betrays i think the underlying issue which is nobody feels nothing everybody feels something and depending upon how you act on it that seems to indicate your success so your success in the group is how much you let it out and the other sister, the one that went sort of a little bit crazy because she had lost her baby, she let too much of it out and wasn't able to sort of control it. And what I think Alpha is seeing in Gamma is a kind of kindred spirit, not necessarily the same kind of kindred spirit that she sees in Beta, but someone who understands what it feels like to lose someone really close to you and not just uh, not just because obviously we know Beta felt that too. He lost someone close to him too. But I I think that woman to woman, um, Alpha feels like Gamma would understand more of what she's feeling based on the, that loss, that really super personal loss, right? Does that make sense? Perfect sense. I, I'm I was really glad on on two two separate fronts here, right? One was that we didn't do anything in this backstory issue that convoluted the main story as it is now, because I feel like that's something that they attempt to do a lot. And the other thing is from, again, I know I talked about this on another podcast issue, but the, the Walking Dead this season so far has been able to do something technically with their story timing that they really have fallen far short of. And if you haven't, if you've decided, oh, I'm not going to watch The Walking Dead this season or whatever, you know, it's worth it, I think, to give it a second look. It really does feel different this season. It, and I don't mean that in the sense that it feels more sensational or it feels like, you know, oh my gosh, something that didn't happen before is happening. I mean, the sense of story timing feels 
more on point. It doesn't feel like we're wasting a lot of time paying attention to superfluous things that don't in the end matter at all. And we really get a full rounded story each and every episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, this wasn't my favorite when the minute you realize it's a flashback episode. Yeah. But, yeah. but I do feel like this might be important. I do feel like it is important to understand who the whisperers are because my guess is, I'm not sure, but my guess is that based on what I know happens in the comics, that there will be some of these interesting uh, pieces that come forward that if you didn't understand the backstory of Alpha, Beta, and now Gamma, that you wouldn't be able to understand uh, even simple motivation going forward. So I feel like it wasn't a waste, but I also feel like it was a good way for us to understand how traumatized Lydia really is. Yeah, there's no way that you cannot be traumatized by what that child went through. Oh, no, not at all. So it it to me it feels like that's it was just as much a part of uh, who Lydia sort of ended up becoming and why that dynamic between Alpha and Lydia is so incredibly both strained at the same time. I mean, it, it actually made me sort of shudder a little bit when uh, when Alpha had to tell Beta that she hadn't killed Lydia because it was a straight up lie, right? I mean, there's no way to couch it and the idea that now beta has a secret that that alpha doesn't want any of the other uh whispers to know is it's sort of a big deal i think it's actually a really big deal yeah it's a huge deal because and then he got something that he could always spring out if he so choose yep yep that's exactly right and my guess is he really may he may we'll see so we'll see uh, any last things before we go? Uh... I, I think I'd like to just sort of sum the, the episode up by saying this was not a terrible episode, but it lacked forward plot progression. And anytime we lack forward plot progression, even just a little bit, it's always a little bit hard to sort of muddle through. However, I, again, I'm going to call out some of the technical aspects to this. The scenes in the hospital were amazing. Uh, or was it a hospital or was it a, uh, a school? I can't remember. Uh... Um, can't, I think it was a hospital slash school. Well, <laughs> whatever it was, the corridor scenes, like you said, they were amazing. But also there, there is something about the way that they shot this episode where the cameras were very close in to the actors and it gave it that extremely uh, almost uncomfortable you're in my space feel. And to a great degree, that was exactly what this episode needed. So hats off. That was a really good it was a very good choice. Can I ask you a, a personal question? Of course. If it was a zombie apocalypse and you were in one of these groups, what would your biggest contribution be to the group? Oh, God. Um, that is a good question. I, you know, I don't know. I could cook. Oh, that's it. I could cook. Now, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say that because I didn't want you to say that's sexist. No, nope. <laughs> I mean, my blog is Movies Make the Meal. Dude, I am all about the food. I can take twigs and dirt and turn it into something good. So, yeah, that, that would be my contribution. All right. See, I love it. I love that. And I would be like, we got to keep her. 
I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be alpha. I'd be like, you know what, Jen, you're going to be beta. Also, listen, you know, not that this is a super skill or anything, but in the zombie apocalypse, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to want coffee. And I can smell coffee from a mile away. So uh, that's, we can definitely use my ability to find Java out there. Sweet Java. Yep. And you're not talking about the JavaScript. Uh, well, I mean, there's that too, but I have a feeling that in the zombie apocalypse, nobody's really going to want to be uh, doing websites and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I could do the zombie dating app, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. No, I'm, yeah, no. All right. How can people get you on social media? They can find me on Twitter at following bliss one and you can find my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com and criticallaughs.com. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and the website is indyradio.org, I-N-D-Y radio.org. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your week. All right, so 